them to the book of Philippians, and we'll be looking at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Our text will be verse 13. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, where the Bible says, God says to us through the Apostle Paul, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And then verse 14 continues. Tonight I want to look at the idea of the title of my message is Devoted to Perfection. This one thing I do. Um, I believe that it's kind of a more of a practical message once we get to the end of it. And uh, there's not... Um, not a lot of exposition of that phrase, this one thing I do. But there's a, I think there's plenty there for us to think about tonight. And uh, hopefully, prayerfully, the Lord will use this to help, our congreg- help, our, help us and help our church. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that um, in a world that changes and uh, is almost, um, we might say, devoted to change. You do not change. And your word has not changed. And um, it's such a comfort to be able to go to your word each day, through each question, for each question, in each circumstance, and it's the same. It's your word, and we thank you that you've given it to us, you've made it available to us, and that uh, we can, there's so much in it, we can never exhaust uh, it as a resource for us, because it, like you, is infinite. We ask that tonight, as we think about this phrase, this one thing I do, that you would help us to um, put out of our minds other things that are going on uh, tonight um, in so many different areas of our lives. And, and just even for a moment of this message, Lord, let us be devoted to listening for your voice. Um, not an audible voice, but what you have for us from your word uh, and through uh, this message at your church. We ask that you be glorified by what's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. So this verse just is right in the middle of, uh, well, it stops there, and I want to get, go back and give ourselves or remind ourselves of the textual setting, which would start in verse 12, we'll say, verse 12 of chapter 3 says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Now earlier in the book, in the chapter, early in the book, Paul had warned of the concision, probably uh, Judaizers that um, were trying to get the Philippians to follow the rules, the laws of the Old Testament that were particular for uh, the people of Israel to um, to grow in their spirituality, to maybe even, there was odd things going back then. I say odd, there's nothing new under the sun. We have odd things going on around us now also. But uh, they, there's uh, the, the idea that you could accomplish a higher level of knowledge and secrets and all of that type of thing. But um, Paul warned against those, warned against them. And they, uh, these Judaizers, let's just use them, they, they boasted in the things that they had done. And Paul goes ahead and tells his own pedigree. And if we, you know, no one—I shouldn't say no one—but but he had he had the degrees on the on the on the wall of his office. He had the accomplishments there. He had the medals. He had the he had the hardware because of everything that he was and what he had done. But 
in the end, or in this passage, by this time, and really long before this time in his life, he had said, all of that counts for nothing. It all counts for nothing. Um, you know, it might be good in its place, but in the end, its real value is nothing. Um, in something even grosser than nothing, really. He said, and then he turns and says of what he gained in Christ. Philippians 3, 8 through 11 says, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, you know, we can be counted righteous. That's a, uh, that's a, uh, incomprehensible. When I think of the stupid things I do, and that's a nice way to say, but God counts me as righteous, not because of me, but in Christ. That which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Have you ever had victory over a sin. How did that happen? Through the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So he says, I I received all these things so that I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead and immediately assures the Philippians and us that he has not yet attained that. Not as though I had already Attained, He said, I'm not perfect. Maybe the Judaizers, maybe other people, even people today, uh, are perfect. I expose, uh, anyway, no, no, no rabbit trails, Pastor Brooklyn. Um, he's not perfect. Paul's not perfect. He says, I'm a sinner. This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Peter reminds us to grow in grace. We're, we're, we're not perfect. No one is perfect. Um, and so he explains that, and then he says, as going back to Paul in this passage, he says, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, if we're in Christ, be thus minded, and if in anything he be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. And so, um, a couple times ago, we talked about being thus minded, being, being mindful having the same mindset that Paul has. Paul has given us his example. We can look throughout the Bible at Paul's example, but here he's not just saying, follow my example. He says, be thus minded. He's exhorting us. He says in 1 Corinthians 11, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So when we look at this passage, we looked... uh, in one message at all these different attitudes that, that Paul had. And, um, and tonight I'd like to look at the attitude of devotion. Um, in verse 12, he says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. He's not satisfied with where he is. He says, I need, I need, to, I need to apprehend. If I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of of Christ Jesus. So apprehend is not a word that we use very often. I was while I was uh, studying for this and reading, I heard a guy give this illustration, and I think it uh, I think it, it works perfectly. We have a couple people in here that have apprehended people. I think they go around apprehending people, um, right? They, they they flip the lights on and they apprehend us, or they apprehend someone. They, they they grasp them, they get a hold of them, they catch them. That would be the idea of apprehend. And and Paul says. Um, I'm following after. I'm going so that I could grasp, so that I could get, so that I could grab a hold of, wrap my arms around, uh, totally um, bring into my... Uh, <laughs> sorry, there's a water bottle just came forward. Uh, probably weeping. Uh, the, the, the altars, Mr. Ramos, is that good? The altar is going to be wet with the tears of the water bottle. Anyway, Paul says, I follow after. I'm not where I need to be. I'm pressing on. I'm following after. And he uses that phrase, that for which I am apprehended of Christ. Christ got us. 
And when he got us, the Bible teaches us that we were, we're saved. And without going through all the different verses, we're saved so that we could be conformed to the image of Christ. So we are saved, we're grasped, so that we could be made into Christ's image, but we're not there yet. Paul says, I'm not there yet, but I'm following after. I'm not satisfied with where I am, I want to move forward. And then he says, I count not myself to, to have apprehended this one thing I do. And that shows us a certain devotion to what he um, what is, is trying to do, trying to, is for that goal of Christ-likeness. Um, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He, he's, he's going in a certain direction. He's saying, I'm forgetting these things in the past. I'm not influenced by the past. And I'm reaching forward toward the future. And then he says, I press toward the mark. There's a determination that he expresses there. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And there we have again that high calling. He was, we are apprehended to be made into, uh, the, conformed to the image of his son. And that is our high calling. Um, when we've, when I've spoken on this before, we looked at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. And in, and in Ephesians 4, 11, the apostle Paul tells the Ephesian believers how that the church was given certain uh, people, uh, uh, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And those, those gifts to the church were given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we come, all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And when we talked about that, we had the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. Christ is, is there, we, we are supposed to be Christ-like. We're, we're called Christians, which has one of the inferences from that is that we're, we're like Christ, that we're, we're little Jesus is, we're little Christ, not in deity, but we're, we're working through our lives to be like Him in every aspect of our life. But there's always room to grow. We never will fill up to be exactly as fully Christ, like we never will, through all, all eternity. I mean, be, I mean, if, if we get to eternity and somebody says, oh, I'm going to be like Christ, sh- stop that guy. The devil did that a long time ago. <laughs> I will be Christ, I guess. We, we won't be there. But, we'll always, but we always want to be there. So um, we want to grow up into him, which is the head, even Christ. And then in verse 16, Philippians 3.16 says, Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. And this gives us the idea that he had some discipline. He said, I'm going to do the same thing. Just keep doing the same thing. How did I get to where I am? I need to keep doing those things. Um, and so then we are reminded then, or I'm reminding us again in verse 15, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. We are in a perpetual circle, a cycle of pursuing, getting somewhere, but then realizing we're not there yet. We're not to where we want to be, and we keep pursuing. Um, we, we gain, uh, as soon as we've gotten the goal, we gain a new godly dissatisfaction, devotion, direction, determination, and discipline. One of the things that I would just like to think about tonight is that idea bring us back to this idea that I'm not yet where I ought to be. I'm not yet where I ought to be. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Oh, to be like him. And Paul says, it's the one thing that I strive toward. It's the one, this one thing I do. He wants to be like Jesus. So one thing is a phrase that's important to the Christian life. And it's interesting, we're going to point out that there's a lot of one things. So don't be too legalistic with me here. Um, do you remember the man that came to Jesus? He says, what, should, what can I do in order to have eternal life? And he said all these things, and Jesus said, One thing thou lackest. You, you might think that if he, that's the one thing, that's the thing that we should get. Jesus said, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. 
Um, Jesus said, remember, to the two sisters, he said, one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Um, There was a man who was blind, and they were all asking him, did it happen this way, did it happen this way? What about what about this? What about that? He said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, whereas I was blind, now I see. The psalm said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The beauty of the Lord. The Lord is beautiful. You say, well, I thought beauty was in the eye of the beholder. Sorry, it's not. The Lord is beautiful. His holiness is beautiful. If you don't think His holiness is beautiful, you're wrong. Say, well, it's not not beautiful in my eye, then you're wrong. And we don't have time to follow that trail all the way it goes, but beauty is not in the eye of the beholder. So, come back, Pastor Roglin. This one thing I do. Paul is, of course, using the illustration of an athlete, a runner. He's got one goal. Um, He's a sprinter. He's at one end of the stadium. He's on the line. He's got one place to go. If he goes somewhere, if he's just looking around, if he, he's got one goal. Um, so someone is not like a, not like, not like my dog at least. You know, you're walking along and you're like over here and then over here and then over here. She's not trained to be a hunter. She smells lots of things, but she's not trained to keep her keep her nose on one scent. She's not. She's got lots of things she wants to look at all over the place. But not a, not a runner that, that has this attitude. And, and, a, and a successful runner will have one goal. He's got one place he wants to go, and that's the finish line. No athlete. No athlete. And we can use this illustration because Paul uses it right here. No athlete succeeds by doing everything. He succeeds by specializing. There are a few that um, seem proficient in many sports. I mean, I don't know. You can talk about these guys that do the decathlete. You know, they do ten things. Well, who could do that? Well, but they do those ten things well. But you pick any one of them, and there's, there's 35 guys or 100 guys that can do those one things by themselves better. Um, I'll date myself a little bit. I remember when Michael Jordan decided he was going to play baseball. Like, no, sir, you're good. You're maybe the best ever. LeBron the flopper passed him up. But nobody's, you know, nobody thinks LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. Okay. Well, maybe somebody in here does. Sorry about that. You, got, you younger people, you don't you just go watch some tape. Anyway, I don't, I don't really care, but you don't get good at something by doing everything else. The winners are those who concentrate, who keep their eyes on the goal, let nothing to, to distract them. They're devoted entirely to their calling. So we can learn from athletes. I'll just take a moment and say this, but we must remember the actual goal that we have. I think it's good. Sports is good. I enjoyed being a part of sports. I was not a long conversation, but I was saying I love certain sports. I coached them. I played them. They're, you know, they're very enjoyable to watch, even if you think nothing's going on. You know, those sports that only have low scores, there's a lot going on there. It's fun to watch those sports. It's incredible what those people are doing with their body out there. It's clear that they've devoted their life to it. And so we, but at the same time, believers must know what to learn from athletes and what to leave with the athletes. We must beware of falling into the same mindset of the world, which is often devoted to those teams and players. 
I teach some of our guys, my, we, we won. Like, they, they identify with whoever, the soccer, you know, Chelsea or, and that's a team, that's not a girl. Um, uh, Man United, whatever, whoever it is, Arsenal, all, you know, that, see, there they go. Okay, <laughs> point well taken. The invitation is given right now. <laughs> Messy. That doesn't mean the, like what the kitchen looks like after dinner. He's a player. I probably said his name wrong. When I was a kid, it was, uh, oh man, who did Pastor Long say? You think you're, no, 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 Maldorama or, or so, well, somebody. Anyway. Don't devote yourself to that. And I'm, I'm, I'm being a little funny, I'm smiling, but some of us, we've got to watch out for that. Really. What are, what are you devoted to? It's like every free moment. Every free moment. A believer must devote himself to running the Christian race. We need to be like Nehemiah, remember? He was replying to those people saying, oh, come here, come here, you got to do this. He says, I'm doing a great work. And I cannot come down. This one thing I do. We need, to be, we need to have that attitude. We need to be devoted to that one thing. Concentration is the secret of power. If we took a river, it's just meandering along, running wherever, it overflows its banks, turns in swampland, its only power is... Um, Producing mosquitoes and, and spreading disease. But you take that and dam it up, control it, and there'll be so much power going through there, it can give energy to many towns. Lights and, and all kinds of other things can come through the power of that. Why? Because it was concentrated. For us, it's a matter of our values and priorities and we must live for the things, the one thing which matters most. We must live for the one thing that matters most. Too many Christians, we live divided lives. Our life is divided. That's not one thing. Part of us enjoys the things of the world, and part of us tries to live for the Lord. We get ambitious for things. I like things. I just got a new phone this week. Oh, the frustration of getting rid of the old phone. My new phone. I'm bragging myself. My new phone is a SE second generation. Yeah. And those of you that know, you know. I got the latest greatest, didn't I? Yeah. But don't be. There's other things I do have the latest greatest. Okay. But the latest, greatest, I gotta, gotta keep up with it. We get ambitious for that. I don't, you know, you know, standing in line for the, for the latest thing, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Used to be though. That's not having all those lures pulling us and pulling us. That's not, and, and then, then trying to be a, 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 a Christian and doing the Lord's work. That's not being, that's being divided. That's not, Having one thing that we want to do. The Bible speaks about that. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Uh, in a little different way, lots of Christians are too involved in lots of different things. And, and the secret to progress is to concentrate on one thing. There are many things that are part of running the Christian race, uh, living a life for Christ. There's lots of into that. In a moment, I'm going to list some of those. I mean, we could talk about the runner. He's got one thing. Well, there's, on a race day, there's one thing, but there's a lot that went into that. And there's nothing, I'm not trying to say, you know, just float through life and try to do it. It won't work. It won't happen. At the same time, those types of things are building blocks or foundational skills that have to be developed. And they're all focused toward one thing. But there are also many things that can divert our attention from the main one thing. And, and, we, and that one thing is to be like Christ. That one thing is to be conformed into the image 
of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Your one thing, the way God has you work out doing that one thing, might be different from other believers. He gives us gifts. He gives us things to use for his, for his work. It might be different from other believers. Our, Fairhaven, our thing can be different from other churches. But, we, but, but we're going to accomplish something if we think of this one thing that I do. And the key to progress is doing the one thing that leads us closer to Christ-likeness. And so now, I'd like to come to some application. Um, someone was talking to me after the last time we talked through this topic and said, well, what are some areas where we can get better at? And uh, they were talking with their family. And uh, one of the kids said, all of them? Okay, so what, what can we do? Let, let's just, what are some things to do? And here's what I would just suggest. Pick one. That kind of makes sense with the title of tonight's message, right? But pick one. I'm not doing all of these things. I'm not saying I don't want to do all of them, but I, I can't, if I try to do all of them, I just have my list. I'll, I won't make it. But if I pick one, with the Lord's help, I can learn to do that, and I can make it a part of my life. I need to grow more like Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. So pick one, make it a part of your life. And when it's become a part of your life, you know what to do? Pick another one. And then pick another one. And experience tells us, you know this yourself, you've lived for any amount of time and you've done this with in any area of your life. Experience tells us that when you're concentrating on one thing, others, maybe even many others, will come along. But pick one. Here's some things that you can do as an individual believer. Get the Bible into your life. Get the Bible into your life. Here, how are some ways you can get the Bible into your life? Listen. Hear God's word. Now, all of you are doing that right now in the, in the, in the part, in the way that I'm talking about. Listen to God's word being preached. So you're here. But do you get to hear all the sermons that are preached at Fairhaven Baptist Church? I don't. But you know what? With technology today, I can. I can there, there's so many different ways. You can, you can go to uh, the Sermon Audio app. You can go to the website. You can go to podcast. Uh, those, you know, they're listed there. And check them off as you listen to them. You can go to YouTube. You can go all over the place. You, could, you can listen to services that are missed. You're in a Sunday school class. You could come back and hear the Sunday school lesson for your, for your age, for your grade, or whatever. For um, chapel messages. There, there's preaching all the time. You can listen to God's word. Hear God's word preached. Another, read God's word. Say, well, I read God's word. Well, or it's hard to read. Well, listen. Listen to the Bible itself. Is that hard to do? Not anymore. Not anymore. Listen to the Bible. Read, read the Bible. Read it in different orders. Um, read the Old Testament in the order that the Hebrews had their Old Testament when, you know, before us Christians came along. It's the same, it's the same books. I'm not saying the Midrash and all. Just read it in a different order. You never know. Um, read, read it in chronological order. Read it in historical order. Read it, read both. Read the New Testament and the Old Testament. Read some of the Psalms every day. Read a proverb every day of the month. There's lots of different, do, just read the Bible. Study God's Word. That's another way we can get the Bible into our life. Study God's Word. Study one word in the Bible. Is that hard to do? Not anymore. Justbible.com. Put that word in there. It'll just spit out whatever. 35 verses or 135 or 500 verses that that word is there. Just read it. Just Okay, wow, that word is there and it's also there. Just a simple word study. You can get the fancy tools that preachers and, and professors have, but just determine. And I'm not saying to do all of this, right? Just pick one. Study, guys. You could do a word study. You could do a book study. You could do a topical study. You could, um, you could take a college class. With different times of the year, we say, we're going to have this man come and teach. It be for one week. Maybe that would fit in your schedule. Do that. You say, well, that doesn't fit into my schedule. You know, we have hundred thousands of lectures from Fairland Baptist College, from your fellow members here on YouTube. You could 
at least listen to the lectures. You get a commentary. Pastor Mitchell has mentioned often Dr. Sorensen's commentary. That's the independent Baptist commentary. Very rare. There's other commentaries that are good, but you got to remember that this guy's a Presbyterian, or this guy thinks that. Read a commentary. Study. Do a little extra study. Study God's Word. Memorize God's Word. That's another way to get the Bible into you, to, to bring the Bible into your life, right? Memorize God's Word. Now, we're doing that as a church, right? Get a plan. We got a plan. First five verses, right? Or add a, add a verse every three weeks or whatever. Get a plan. Um, we have that chapter. There's other plans out there. I, I was a little while back, I was thinking about this. I thought, I need to do better at this. Um, and a couple weeks later, um, Brother David Cloud's newsletter came across and he was talking about they had like a three-year verse memory plan. And I downloaded it. That's as far as it got. But it's there. And I see it there. I'm like, okay. And that's not my one thing right now. I'm just honest. But, but I know I need to do that. Get one thing. Get a plan. Get, there's different ways to go about that. Meditate on God's word. That's another way to get God's word into your, into your life. Meditate on God's word. Find a method. Find a, you could have a passage. You could, there's different ways. You could ask a bunch of questions about the passage. Pick a verse. Pick a passage. Make a list of passages. Ah, favorite passages. And then you, you think, well, I know about that. That's my favorite passage. Well, but have you spent time meditating on it? You might learn some, even more about it. Apply God's word. Pick something that you know you should be doing and start doing it. Do that one thing, right? And then pick another thing. That's all just ways we can get the Bible into our lives. What about prayer? Prayer. What could we do? These are just ideas. You might think of something else. Develop your prayer list. Do you have a prayer list? How do you use it? A couple months back, remember, Pastor Mitchell had the prayer list right there. He talked about different ways he's used it. I've heard Pastor Armacost mention different things. I try to incorporate those. Do I? Can I do better? Oh, yeah. Prayer is a, it's a fight. But develop a prayer list. Refine your prayer list. Pray to God as a person. He's a person, right? Lord, bless this person and bless that person and bless this person and be with that person. And I do pray, please be with that person and bless this person. That's like, that's like we all grew up and that's what we heard other people do and so we just do that. God is a person. You would never talk to anyone else in the world like that. Please bless that person and be with it. Do you really, I mean, just be with? What, what do you mean by that? And I'm not trying to talk down. I'm just, this is just something you could think about and like, Lord, I want to try to think more about what I'm saying when I talk to you. There's one thing. Pray more often. Pray formally more often. I don't mean like formal prayers, but like I pray in the morning. What about other times of the day? Set aside a few moments. Add another time of the day. Daniel prayed three times a day. The psalmist prayed three times a day. That could be something to say, Pastor Vogland. I'm saying this to myself, but it's something that we could do. It could pick that one thing. I'm going to add one other time of the day to pray. I'm just going to pause and do it. I'm not saying which one you should do. I'm just saying there's a lot to do to become like Christ. Pick one. Get one and do it. Pray spontaneously more often. Now, that's kind of hard. Like, I'm going to plan to be spontaneous. But we could ask the Lord. In When we're praying, we could say, Lord, Help me think of talking to you instead of complaining to others about this situation. Whatever it is, I don't know. I wish I'd talk to the Lord more often throughout the day. And, and we could just pray that it would be more, more often, more normal. There's prayer. What about worship? Worship. Oh, that's what, you know, we don't do worship. We have just plain white lights, no smoke. Or, I'm not talking about that. Worship is focusing on God and responding to Him. When you have your devotions, I think most people—I don't know—growing up, we have we read our Bible and we pray. We have our scriptures and our supplications. But what about just a small, short time of devotion? 
stop yourself. Say, I'm gonna express I'm gonna respond to what God has done, spoken to me about. Focus on him. Just think about him and respond to that. Evangelism. Oh, we go to Fairhaven and got that one taken care of, right? <laughs> Not me. Not me. What could we do? So I'm shy. Could you pray for the lost? Say, well, that's not actually doing it. It'll help you want to do it. Pray for lost people. Carry tracks. Carrion's not really passing them out. Well, you can't pass them out if you don't have them. Oh, man. there's so, How many times do I have to ask the Lord to forgive me because I didn't have it? Carry tracks. And then I did have it. And I was like, yeah. Pass them out. Engage in conversations. Isn't the world great? You can go to Jewel. You can go through the whole store. Self-checkout. You never have to say a word to anybody. You can do that at the gas station too. All of us introverts, we love it. But we're never going to bump into somebody. We're never going to have this. Oh, we were teasing Brother Johnson. I, don't, I saw his face. We were teaching him. Tease him about he's doing his canvassing at Walmart now. Hanging out on a certain aisle and just rather than knocking on people's doors, he just hangs out there um, engaging in conversations. Amen. Amen. There's different ways to, to evangelize. Create occasions to talk about Christ. L- listen, even if you have to, even if you have to be silent, let's say you, you have a burden for somebody at work, you've tried to talk to them, but you just freeze all the time. You know what you could do? You could try. Have that guy over for dinner. Say, well, I'll just freeze at home. Get somebody else to come over. Get Dave Johnson to come over too. <laughs> or, or you know, There are people here that would love to come to your house and eat. And, and, and especially love it even more if they knew you were going to have a friend from work there that you were burdened about. Does that count as evangelism? I think so. You know, we've got we to do more than just eat the food. Of course you can canvas, knock on doors, invite people out, actually talk to them about the Lord, evangelize them, preach the gospel to them. There's so many. Could we do something more there? Which one does God lay on your heart? Do that one thing. Work on it. Work on it. Work on it. Get it done. And then it's a part of your life. Move on to something else. Serving. Serving the Lord is something Christians do. How about you? Are you serving the Lord? What kind of service are you doing? Evaluate yourself. Improve your service. Could you do it better? I'm a Sunday school teacher. I've been a Sunday school teacher for 15 years. I know it all. I don't think... We don't know it all. Could you do it better? Is there something else you could do? Is there some different way to... Think about it. Could you um, improve your service? Could you increase your service? I've been here for, I've only been here this long, or I've been here for a long time, or I've been doing this for, for, I always do this. I just do that. Now I do that, then I'm okay. Is that okay? Could you do more? I'm not saying we have to spend, you know what, 200 hours a week. There's not even that many in a week. But ask yourself. Evaluate your service. Maybe increase your service. Maybe say, you know, I could do more, but what's the thing that I could do? You know, we're having a meeting this Saturday. And um, you could just listen. Oh, maybe I could do that. I don't know, Mr. Ramos. Maybe, could I just do that once a month? I think I think he could. I think he would go for that. And pretty soon, you got, okay, I got that once a month. And you know what? The house is still standing. It hasn't fallen apart. Husband isn't upset because the house is a mess. I was able to manage that. I think I can go twice a month. Could you? Could you increase your service to the Lord? Maybe that's what God, maybe that's the one thing God wants you to do. What about our stewardship? It's recorded in, oh, I'm, I'm going to get the verse right. We know we should, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We're all stewards, though. We're stewards of our time. How well do you use your time? How much time do you play 
whatever on the phone. Whatever. Swiping, making words out of a circle or out of a line or Wordle or Sudoku or whatever. I'll bet the thing tells you how much time or how many games you've played. Just look at that sometime. That's minutes. That's time. God gave you those minutes. God gave me those minutes. And that's just on our phone. How do we use our time? Could you, could you steward your time better? Could that be the thing God wants to do? What about your abilities? You have an ability. You have a talent. Are you using it for the Lord? You have money. We often think about that. But we were, um, I was with pastors um, a couple weeks back in Israel, and on the very first day, uh, we were stuck in traffic, and the guide was like, you know, we hate traffic, but you know traffic? There was not traffic here when, when there was just a few people with, with donkeys, and there weren't roads, and there weren't cars. But now, we're so rich. We have cars. And, we're, and we're, we're just as rich here in America. We have stuff. We have so much stuff. We have money. Are we stewarding that money? Are we using the money for what God wants? Would you evaluate yourself there? Opportunities? Stewarding those? Another thing that Christians do is they fast. There's a, who fast? I was there. And I don't, I don't know. There's, 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 in the Bible, people fasted for very short amounts of time. People fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I was reading recently, Moses, he went up there, no food and water, 40 days and 40 nights. And from the reading of it, it seems like he came down, maybe he had a snack, and he went back up for 40 days and 40 nights more. Go back to that spot in Exodus. It's like, whoa, Moses. We're not talking about that. But the Bible teach it, talks about it, it expects it. You know, would you, maybe you could fast from food. That's what we always think of. Maybe you fast from entertainment. Could you go, guys, could you go one whole day without checking on a score? Would it be a good thing if you did? Wouldn't be a bad thing, would it? No. Now, you don't do it just to say, oh, I went three days. You don't fast. So you can say, oh, I, I fasted for a week. We, we do all of these things so that we can be more godly. We're doing this one thing. We're picking one thing, but what's the one thing? Why are we doing the one thing? So that we can get to the one goal. So that we can, so that we can reach what God reached us for. You could fast for a meal, for an afternoon. Um, you could, what about your phone? I, I gotta have my phone. How much? Do you really? Sports, media, whatever. Silence. Be still. Just be still. Listen for the voice of God. He's not going to speak from the clouds. But the Holy Spirit can bring the word of God to your mind when it's quiet. If you have noise all over the place, you always got music. It's Christian music. Turn it off. Just let it be quiet. Have the Bible nearby. Turn all your connections off. Find a place. Don't try to be quiet. Don't try to be have some solitude just outside the Red Fox Cafe. Find a place where nobody's going to bother you. I, I cannot imagine... Or, or I think of moms with little children. You say, I just need some peace and quiet. Never going to happen. No. It might happen. If you thought that's the thing that I'm going to do, I'm going to make, I'm going to find a time. I'm going to work with my husband. I'm going to look at our schedule. I'm going to figure out a time when I can just have some peace and quiet with the Lord, with my Bible, and even just listening. That might be the one thing that you should do. And you get that in, worked into your life, and the Lord will show you something else. I don't know. There's just so many. Find a place. And then practice. Do it. Maybe bring something to keep your concentration. We're not getting quiet just so that we can 
let whatever comes to mind float in our head. We're we're being by ourselves and being quiet so that we can concentrate on the Lord. Bring something to help you fix your concentration in that place. A prayer list. A set of verses. Your Bible. Christians learn. Remember the Bible says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow. Read a book. I I know people that read like 50 books a year. I'm like, I like reading and I don't read that much. Whew. But some of you are like, read? I thought I was done with that in high school. Read a book. Say, I don't read anymore. Take a college class. Say, I can't do that. They're on YouTube. You can watch it. And on YouTube, you can make Pastor Vogelin talk twice as fast as he normally does. College students do that all the time. Learn. Learn. I'm just listing a bunch of things here. I'm not, try- I'm not saying these so that you can say, Oh, I'm so, I can't do none of that. There's so many things that we, sh- we can do as Christians. If you want to be like God, if you say, I'm just devoted, you just pick one. Pick something. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that so that I can be more like Christ. And you get that habit built into your life. And then pick another one. That discipline. That exercise. Exercise thyself unto godliness. All of these things are, are ways to, and, and the purpose. There, we could, we could, somebody could do all of these things and show up and the Lord say, I never knew you. But we're not, so we're not doing it to please, to, to earn anything. We're doing it so that we can be more like Christ. What about our family worship? Family worship. Could you do more of it? Could you start it? I don't know what to do. Read Bible. Could pray. Read Bible stories. You could sing. I was reading a book recently and I was like, every time it talked about it, it said, Bible reading, prayer, and singing. And you know, and I'm musical. I was like, oh, singing. I didn't figure out how to get that into our family worship. Is it wrong to sing? No. Is it good to sing? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Me and Mrs. Vogelin doing a duet with the dog. Okay, but, but really, really, there, there's, there's godly men that have written about family, family, family worship. You say, well, I just do it. Maybe you could learn a little more. Maybe you, should, maybe you could do it in the morning and the evening. I read of um, this book I was reading. I think one um, a missionary's a, a famous John Patton. I think it was his dad. They had family worship three times a day. Hmm. Wow. I might be wrong. Maybe it was just two times a day. But one of them, their family worship, a tramp from town would hang out next to the house. Listen through the window, and years later she got saved because of listening to another family have family worship. What about our church worship? Could it be more important to us? Could we look at it as more than just fun and games until it starts? I'm not, I'm not trying to say anybody's doing something wrong. But what about it? How, how do you approach coming to church? What do you anticipate when you come to church? How about church fellowship? Social interaction without Christ is not fellowship. Now we can have fellowship. We have, we have friends here because, and, and, and we know one another because of Christ. But if we just hang out and all we do is talk about I don't know, the last restaurant that we went to. And, and, and our interaction, our enjoyment of each other, doesn't have anything about Christ in it. It's not evil, but it's not fellowship. It's just, social, it's just socializing. Think about that. Wouldn't it be good if when believers got together, 
They encouraged one another. They exhorted one another as we saw the, see the day approaching. Man, that would be uncomfortable, wouldn't it? Like, this guy's always talking about the Lord. What would I have to do? I have to start talking about the Lord. Then we both talk about the Lord together, and wouldn't that be sweet fellowship? Yeah. There's so much. There's so much. Say, well, Pastor Roglin, you just told me to be devoted to one thing. But all of this is going toward the same one thing. Pick one. Pick one. I'm going to do that. Get it ingrained into your life. And pretty soon you'll be doing it and you won't, and you'll think, I'm not even doing anything. Pick something else. And pick something else. We, we're saved so that we could become like Christ. And we're not close to Him. We're not close to being like Christ. We should want to be closer and closer. I think it was Fanny Crosby. He said, I'm thine, O Lord. I've heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Consecrate me now. To thy service, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. I sung this recently, and I was thinking about this, this verse. Do we, do, I, think we just, I think many of us, myself included, just say the words, Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spent. Wow. A single hour. My schedule doesn't allow that. How many of you... Wow. Could it grow to that? If I decided I was going to take 10 minutes, and then 15 minutes. When I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. There are depths of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights of joy that I may not reach till I rest in peace with thee. Draw me nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. How do you get nearer? You've got to be devoted to it. You've got to be, de- we have to be devoted to it. This one thing I do. Forgetting the past, reaching for I press. We've got to be devoted to it. Be devoted to perfection. Devoted to letting the Holy Spirit work in our lives to conform us to the image of His Son. And there's so many things that we can do as we're devoted. Pick one. Pick another one. Add this to your life. Add this to your life. Exercise ourselves unto godliness. Let's pray.